Hello friends, today we are going to be reading Mark chapter 12. As always, before we get started, let us go ahead and pray over the word that we will receive today. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the day that you've given us. Thank you for the people in our lives. Thank you for the many blessings that you pour down in our lives. We pray, Lord, for the knowledge, wisdom, and understanding to really grasp the word that we're about to receive to be able to put it to work into our own life and to be able to share this with whoever needs to hear it. Lord, we pray that you allow us to bear the fruits of your spirit in all that we do and help us to be a beacon of light for your love, kindness, grace, and mercy. Holy Spirit, be breathed into us today and allow us to walk in your guidance in all our steps and help us to have your discernment in all things and to understand the truth behind the message we will receive. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This first section is called the parable of the tenants. Jesus then began to speak to them in parables. A man planted a vineyard. He put up a wall around it, dug a pit for the wine press, and built a watchtower. Then he rented the vineyard to some farmers and moved to another place. At harvest time, He sent a servant to the tenants to collect from them some of the fruit of the vineyard. But they seized him, beat him, and sent him away empty-handed. Then he sent another servant to them. They struck this man on the head and treated him shamefully. He sent still another, and that one they killed. He sent many others. Some of them they beat, others they killed. He had one left to send, a son whom he loved. He sent him last of all, saying, They will respect my son. But the tenants said to one another, This is the heir. Come, let's kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. So they took him and killed him, and threw him out of the vineyard. What then will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and kill those tenants and give the vineyard to others. Haven't you read this passage of the scripture? The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Then the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders looked for a way to arrest him, because they knew he had spoken the parable against them. But they were afraid of the crowd, so they left him and went away. This next section is called Paying the Imperial Tax to Caesar. Later, they sent some of the Pharisees and Herodians to Jesus to catch him in his words. They came to him and said, Teacher, we know that you are a man of integrity. You aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are. But you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. Is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? Should we pay or shouldn't we? But Jesus knew their hypocrisy. Why are you trying to trap me, he asked. Bring me a denarius and let me look at it. They brought the coin and he asked them, Whose image is this and whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then Jesus said to them, Give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. And they were amazed at him. This next section is called Marriage at the Resurrection. Then the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to him with the question. Teacher, they said, 
Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies and leaves a wife but no children, the man must marry the widow and raise up offspring for his brother. Now there were seven brothers. The first one married and died without leaving any children. The second one married the widow, but he also died, leaving no children. It was the same with the third. In fact, none of the seven left any children. Last of all, the woman died too. At the resurrection, whose wife will she be, since the seven were married to her? Jesus replied, Are you not in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God? When the dead rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven. Now about the dead rising, have you not read in the book of Moses, in the account of the burning bush, how God said to him, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. You are badly mistaken. This next section is called The Greatest Commandment. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, Of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second one is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Well said, teacher, the man replied. You are right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart, with all your understanding and with all your strength and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And from then on, no one dared ask him any more questions. This next section is called, Whose Son is the Messiah? While Jesus was teaching in the temple courts, he asked, Why do the teachers of the law say that the Messiah is the son of David? David himself, speaking by the Holy Spirit, declared, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. David calls him Lord. How then can he be his son? The large crowd listened to him with delight. This next section is called Warning Against the Teachers of the Law. As he taught, Jesus said, Watch out for the teachers of the law. They like to walk around in flowing robes and be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and have the most important seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for a show make lengthy prayers. These men will be punished most severely. This last section is called the widow's offering. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd put the money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. 
They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. So that is the end of chapter 12 of Mark. So reading that section called uh, The Warning Against the Teachers of the Law, I actually worry about this a lot, and I try not to make my prayers lengthy, and I try to humble myself, but, you know, sometimes it gets kind of hard because you don't realize that you're not being humble in the moment. So it really takes some eye-opening to actually understand it but one of the prayers that I will pray whenever I'm praying is I will ask the Holy Spirit to guide my prayer and to make it meaningful and not just something that I think God would want to hear I want to talk to God and ask him mostly for repairing myself for helping me to live a righteous life and hopefully once I am on the path to righteousness I can help others by what I am doing now now I understand how to do it and so I can lead others to the path of righteousness through that but for now I will just accept God repairing and refining me, purifying me with purification. God has to burn off all of the impurities, right? So if you're going through this process with God, as I am, you will definitely feel the fire upon your life. Things will not be easy, but once you get over the hill... It'll look so much better. I hope that you guys enjoyed this message today. And I hope that everyone has a great day. That is all the time that I have. So till next time.